1: Great to have your company on a Monday as we start another week. Uh, If you're driving home, take care where you may be listening on SEN Track 657, SEN Spirit 621 in Bunbury and through the South West and the Goldfields at SEN Cal 1611 on DAB Plus Radio at SEN Peel or SENWA on the SEN app. Great to have your company. As I said, plenty coming up on the back end of Hayes and Mato and the Run Home. Of course, the big news today. In AFL circles, in fact, that the Luke Jackson deal has been done and dusted. He conducted a press conference earlier this afternoon and Jimmy Williams shortly will come in and bring us all the AFL trade news for today. Not just focusing on Jackson, but there was other couple of deals that also landed as well. He's right across it. Later on, I'll speak to one of the new Perth Glory players, John Katrumbus uh, He's the defender. They lost to Western Sydney Wanderers yesterday. By one goal to nil. They play Newcastle next weekend. And it's a tough start for the Glory playing their first six games away. So John Catrumbus will join us a bit later on. Now, I was at a, an event on the weekend. And it was uh, terrific. I was hosting the Olympic Kingsway Sports Club presentation night. And there was a very special gentleman there that was handed a pretty hefty cheque, to help with his rehabilitation. The president of the Olympic Kingsway Sports Club is Steve Nelkowski, who you know very well, of course, had been involved in the media at uh, Channel 7 for a number of years. He's also the CEO of the Perth Heat. But there was a significant donation to a young fella who has very strong links with the Olympic Kingsway Sports Club. It was a nice touch, and I want to bring the information to you a bit later on in the program. And, of course, we'll keep you up to date with the Perth Wildcats, Uh, seven minutes uh, remaining in the second period, and it is Cairns 28, Wildcats 36. So the Cats up by eight, uh, playing away there in Cairns, after, of course, uh, winning the game against the Illawarra Hawks. But let's welcome Jimmy Williams here. He brings us the sports news headlines and focusing on the draft. Thanks to tyre power, buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at tyre power. Jimmy, with all the trade news.
2: Yeah, good afternoon, Pete. Good evening to all the listeners out there as well. Melbourne have finally traded Luke Jackson. He is now a Fremantle docker. The D's trading Jackson a round three selection a round four selection to Fremantle for their round one selection, a future first round selection and future round future second round selection. Luke Jackson had a press conference this afternoon, speaking to the Perth media, finally dressed in purple. Here's what he had to say.
3: Yeah, no, nah, it's, um, I don't really think about it too much, to be honest. I just try and go out there and have fun playing footy. So, I'm um, I'm don't really think about the generational talent, to be honest, but, yeah, just like playing footy at the end of the day. You know, I'm not too sure. I'm just going to leave that with my manager and the footy club at the moment. I'm sure that will come out the next few days. Yeah, it's big, um, obviously, being around my family, really close with them, uh, my mates as well. So, yeah, looking forward to being around them all the time now. And Yeah, yeah really happy. Um, mum and Dad are stoked, and um, all my brothers as well, so... No, they're really happy and yeah, can't wait to get into it. No, I've spoke to a lot of them, pretty much all of them, uh, all the coaches as well, and um, yeah, they're really happy for me and understand the opportunity. But I'm um, yeah, gonna take keep in touch with them for sure, and um, yeah, wish them all the best. Yeah, I didn't really think about that too much to be honest. I think um, obviously winning the flag, you want to win it more after tasting the success. So hopefully can bring a flag to Freo, oh, The first one would be pretty nice yeah really thankful to melbourne for letting me come home and um had a great three years there but um yeah looking forward to the free opportunity and um just want to get straight into it to be honest yeah jordan clark i'm um, pretty close to him played state footy with him so he gave me a call this morning and yeah he was pumped and um yeah the younger boys too like brandon walker and miss they've reached out so um yeah, looking forward to meeting all of them. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't really sunk in to be honest. It feels like the draft again to be honest. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to playing for Freo, and um, it's pretty much been a dream of mine since I started playing footy. So just can't wait. Yeah, I think um I think we became members when I was about thirteen or fourteen, and try get every game we could. But um yeah, I think yeah, try to get every game we could, and the footy grew from there. So um I think the Love for free. I just came from that.
2: If you've been listening to Drive with Pete of Lowell's for the last few months, this was only uh, only ever going to happen. Kim Hagdon yeah. reported this a very long time ago. Luke Jackson officially, officially I should say, a Dockers player this afternoon. Pete, there's been a mega trade this afternoon which has involved a, a number of clubs. So just bear with me because this one's quite complex. But the bottom line is Jason Horn francis is now a Port Adelaide player, North Melbourne trading him And a future third rounder to Port Adelaide North trade its round one pick to GWS in the process. Port Adelaide trade pick eight, a future second and future third to the West Coast Eagles. They also trade a round one selection this year and a round three selection to North Melbourne. Port Adelaide trade their round three pick 53 and pick 57 to the GWS Giants And in this mega trade, Pete, the West Coast Eagles have traded Junior Rioli to Port Adelaide. The Eagles trade their pick two and round three selection, which is pick 40. So pick two overall and pick 40 overall go to North Melbourne. The other team involved in this mega trade is GWS. I know this is quite convoluted, but I am trying to make it simple. So the Giants uh, trade pick three to North. The Giants also trade their pick 12 to West Coast and GWS trade a future second rounder, which is tied to Collingwood at the moment, to Port Adelaide. So a number of clubs involved in that. But the bottom line, really, is that the Eagles move down the draft order. They're going to have two picks now inside the top 12, which is great for them. Which is good for them, yeah. Two young top-end talents. Uh, they do lose Junior to Port Adelaide. And Port also <laughs> get uh, former number one draft pick Jason Horn francis North Melbourne, uh, they move down the draft order, but they still have a handful of picks in the first top 12. Uh, And GWS obviously have someone in there that they like because they are now at pick one. Now, we expect pick one. How many have
1: they got in the top 20, GWS? GWS, Yeah, it's a
2: handful. I I remember Haggis uh, bringing this up. I think they have about five or something in the top 20. So they're really reloading at the draft. Uh, The Giants, after losing some players, uh, uh, in the offseason, Tim Taranto, we expect the Hopper deal to get done eventually. I'm not sure if that's been done yet. I think it will be. Uh, yeah, they're, they're really really. Taylor Brun,
1: of course, has gone to Ta- Geelong. Yeah,
2: yep. And there's also um, speculation that perhaps GWS are targeting Jager O'Meara in this trade period. So they're, they're trying a completely different tact uh, this year. And g- good luck to them. Uh, there's been some other moves today, Pete. Uh, Gold Coast youngster Isaac Rankin. Is now officially an Adelaide Crows player. Uh, and Carlton have traded Will Setterfield for round four draft pick 68 to Essendon for a future fourth rounder. And also uh, the first trade today in what has been a massive day was uh, Toby Bedford to GWS. And a round three select, uh, sorry, Toby Bedford to GWS for pick 44. So uh, Melbourne will get pick 44 for that. A pretty fair trade from both parties. What have we got? Two days to go. There's still a handful of deals Well, a lot to be dropped
1: done. today. A lot of the big ones yeah. dropped today, didn't they? I Rankin, think... Horn, Francis, Jackson. They're yep. all the big ones. They dropped today.
2: And I think what this will do is probably set it up for the Brody grundy <laughs> deal to eventually get done. I, I don't expect he'll be at Collingwood. I think that will get done over the next 48 hours. Good
1: on you, Jimmy. Thanks for that, uh, updating what happened on the AFL trade table today. We'll take a break and come back with our first special guest here on Drive with Peter Vlahos, all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. This will stop you in your tracks. Literally. Bendix Ultimate Plus High Performance Brake Pads with advanced high-performance ceramic formulation for even greater stopping power, low dust generation, low braking noise and an unbelievably high resistance to brake fade. For the ultimate in braking power, ask your mechanic to fit Ultimate Plus high-performance brake pads from Bendix.
3: Toolma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Doing all right.
1: Yeah, great to have you to 13 past five. Uh, you're with Peter Vlahos here on Drive. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete Tool Centre. Well, yesterday, the Perth Glories A-League campaign got underway. Uh, Unfortunately, they were beaten by the one goal. Uh, It was 1-0 to the Western Sydney Wanderers. And we're about to introduce one of the new players uh, in the squad. In fact, he was at the Western Sydney Wanderers last season and, of course, then transferred over the Perth Glories. So he was returning to his former home yesterday. So we're going to ask him what that was like. Uh, Johnny Katrumbus uh, now joins us here on the program. John, thanks for your time. So we'll try and get him back in just a moment. Yes, uh, Johnny Katrumbus actually played for the Western Sydney Wanderers uh, last season. Before that, uh, he was at the Newcastle Gents for a lengthy period of time. has got a bit of a story to tell as well because his uh, sporting career was in limbo about three four years ago, and we'll touch on that uh, when we have a chat to him. I think we've got Johnny back online Johnny, thanks for your time Oh uh, Peter, thank you for having me uh, nice to introduce you to our listeners here on the drive program. What was it like returning back to western Sydney yesterday
4: um it was a uh, It was a weird feeling being on the in the opposite end of the change rooms this time um, but it felt good to be you know, for the season to kick off and especially against a, an old club.
1: It was your debut and it was a debut for a number of players for the Perth Glory yesterday. Was it a case of getting used to it uh, in some ways? Yeah, I mean,
4: um, look, we we could uh, pick out throughout the game what we needed to do better and there's plenty of things we need to do better and there's plenty of things that we did do well. Um, the hardest part for me and that I've realised as well, it's to do a pre-season all the way in Perth, it's difficult to get those professional games. I don't want to use it as an excuse, but um, it definitely, from going to playing friendly games from NPL sides to A-League opposition is, is definitely a big jump. But I think overall, being our second hit out against an A-League opposition, I think we did relatively well.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? You play Western Sydney Wanderers yesterday, which was your club last season, and then you're playing against Newcastle this weekend, this Saturday, coming up. A club that you played 90 times for, and you spent a number of seasons there. What will that be like?
4: Yeah, I know. What a coincidence. Um, I've I've definitely created a lot of uh, relationships in Newcastle, and I went there last year with Western Sydney, and it was also once again a weird feeling, but um no, I, I love going back to Newcastle and seeing old faces. And um, it'll be, you know, after last week, uh, yesterday's result, you know, we've got more to prove, I guess, uh, I guess as a team and for myself as well, coming up against a, an old club of mine.
1: So what's going to happen with the squad? Do you just stay on the East Coast?
4: Yeah, so um, we're just staying on the East Coast, uh, recovering, training uh, and just getting ready for this week's game.
1: OK, and what happens after the Newcastle game? The Newcastle game, we'll just head back to Sydney and, um, yeah, we'll head back to Perth. OK, so you'll come back to Perth after the Newcastle game. Let's uh, find out a bit more about Johnny Katrumbus. Uh, you are born and bred in Adelaide, were you? Yes, I'm an Adelaide boy. Uh, what about the origins? Uh, it was always soccer for you or there were other interests as a young fella?
4: Um it was strictly soccer um i mean i dabbled in a couple other um sport as a youngster like tennis and, and afl but um soccer was probably the priority that my dad in, instilled in me as a as a young player uh, as a youngster as well um and to be honest i think soccer was the only time that my parents had they couldn't afford to take me to different Um, sporting codes and trainings and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, Dad definitely pushed uh, soccer and Mm. football. Did your
1: dad play soccer as a young man?
4: He did. He did uh, up until I think he was uh, 18 or 19. Then he uh, retired early and went into coaching.
1: Of course, you played uh, with West Adelaide. That was your very first club many years ago, which, uh, as we know, uh, was West Adelaide Halas, which has got the Greek connection, and you have got Greek descent. Uh, Is that why you started your career there? Um,
4: Yeah, well, my dad also played for the club as well when he was a junior, and he was a supporter as a young boy as well when they uh, won the NSL back at Highmarsh. So um, it's... It's been in our blood for for quite a long time, especially my my dad's, um, even my mum's as well. She used to go to the games as as a young kid mm-hmm. with her parents, and um, yeah, I started there when I was four years old, and went all the way through till I joined Adelaide United youth team when I was sixteen or seventeen.
1: Well, you left home at a young age, didn't you? Really, you ended up at Newcastle as an eighteen year old. What was it like leaving family? Yeah, it was it was
4: definitely a it was. A, diff- uh, a difficult decision to make for my for my parents as you know uh, as an 18 year old they it was a bit early especially as an eth- with an ethnic background uh it was a bit early for one of their kids to leave home for me i thought you know i'm chasing my dream and i was you know ecstatic and excited and it was just an opportunity that i couldn't resist you know um but yeah it definitely took a toll on me I, I, I'd say within six months, leaving home also suddenly, it, it definitely gave me a bit of homesickness. And, yeah, I, I finished the season and just went home in the, in the off-season. And, you know, each season has gotten
1: easier after that. We'll come back and talk about, uh, before we let you go, about uh, the glory present in just a moment. But I think towards the end of 2018, you had a bit of a health scare as well, didn't you?
4: Yes, that's correct. I had um, stage one thyroid cancer.
1: So you were away from Adelaide, living in Newcastle. Is that where it was diagnosed, in Newcastle, or did you get it diagnosed back in Adelaide? I had it diagnosed in Newcastle. So that must have been traumatic for your parents.
4: Yeah, well, yeah, it was It was probably one of the worst things that they've experienced in their life, mm. uh, I'd, I'd say so.
1: How did you... Become aware of that, Johnny. I'm using this as a bit of an educational piece for people that may be listening in. That can maybe learn something from your experience. How did you come across uh, the stage one thyroid cancer diagnosis?
4: No, yeah, um, I it was just a normal morning. Really, I, I woke up and there was a, a lump at the base of my neck. Um, the night before, I had felt nothing. Um, You know, everything was normal the day before. And I just felt this lump at the base of my neck. And at first, I didn't have, you know, enough knowledge about cancer and, you know, health and all that sort of stuff. So I didn't uh, think too much of it. And then we actually had a game that day. It was in um, pre-season before the 18-19 season had kicked off. And um, I played the game, a, a terrible game. My mind was... On like somewhere else, and um, physically, I just wasn't up for it, and mm. after that, I knew something wasn't right, you know, and that was on a Saturday the following Monday, I had it checked, you know, and then it was diagnosed on the Wednesday, and then ten days later, I was already in operation and um that's that's just how quick quickly they, they had to act on it before oh, yeah. it
1: got worse. And you're a 20-year-old young boy, which would have been quite uh, traumatic for yourself. How long were you away from the game getting treatment before you could return?
4: Um, well, professional like in terms of professional games, I think I had missed about three or four months after the surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of training, after the 14 days in hospital, I... I couldn't get my mind off football. So the the next day after leaving the hospital, I was back at training. Not training with the team or anything like that, but I I wanted to get my body right um, and fit enough to to get playing as fast as possible.
1: So football was very therapeutic for you after the operation? Oh,
4: 100%. 100%. Even, even, like, it's funny because sometimes you have to stop and think twice on what's happening, but. For me, I I think missing the whole, like, uh, uh, playing a whole pre-season, training a whole pre-season, you know, Australia's got one of the longest pre-seasons in the world of football and just being devastated about missing all of that, uh, sorry, uh, doing all of that and then missing the start of the season. So I think my mind of getting back to football as quickly as possible just, yeah, was therapeutic. And Mm. that's, that's all that was on my mind
1: fantastic uh that you uh, are now back playing you're playing for the Perth Glory that was 4 years ago but i gather johnny you just have to make sure you get yourself checked fairly regularly to make sure everything's uh, at bay
4: yeah of course of course like i uh, i've i've figured out that you know i'm i'm never too brave to to understand my body as much as i can you know if something's out of the ordinary you know there's no shame in getting checked wherever it is you know it it's never too embarrassing because mm. you're you're saving yourself, you know, something that you might regret.
1: Yeah. But will Johnny. Thanks for sharing that story with us. Uh, I really appreciate it. As I said, from an awareness point of view, you've done really well for those people listening in that would have been completely oblivious to the challenges that you had. Let's go to challenges, some challenges for the Perth Glory. Uh, You've come over here to try and strengthen the Perth Glory defence. Your thoughts on how the defensive unit could come together during the course of the season?
4: Yeah, I I mean, uh, as the the season will go on, there's no doubt about that we will get better. You know, we will limit the mistakes. I'm I'm not going to say that we're not going to make any mistakes. Of course, that's part of life and part of football. But as the season will go on, I I guarantee that, you know, the mistakes will be lessened and we'll have more of a connection between uh, us four or us five, whatever the coach chooses. But... um, yeah, in terms of the weekend, I'm. I don't think our defending did did the result justice. I, I don't. I don't believe that we deserved to lose that game at all. Mm.
1: I think Liam Reddy would have been a bit upset by himself. He had some sets himself uh, high standards, and uh, there was just a bit of a, a fumble there that led to the Western Sydney Wanderers goals. Was he remonstrating with himself after the match?
4: Oh, look! I, I think we all agree that you know it wasn't he wasn't his fault if you want to like really pick at each individual like we could we could go through the whole you know the whole team on on why that goal happened so no i, I don't he held his head high you know and we're behind him um and you know what he even it, it i wouldn't even say he made it up with the the penalty save i think you know he like you said he holds himself to a higher standard and you know he produced especially late on to you know give us that m- Minus goal difference, you know, because mm. it, it could ma- it could matter in the uh, later in the league.
1: Johnny, as I let you go, uh, your family, mum and dad, are in Adelaide. Any other siblings? I've got a twin sister and a younger brother. Have they ever been to Perth? Uh, no, no one has been to Perth. Are no. they likely to come to Perth to see uh, their son brother play? Oh, most likely. Yeah. And they may not go back, Most you know likely. that. You may not go back, mate. In, <laughs> in the middle of summer here in Perth, it's just fantastic. You're about to experience as well. Uh, it's great to have you at the Glory. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll certainly keep in touch. We wish you the best of luck against Newcastle this week, Johnny. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate you for having me on the show. Good on you. Johnny Katrumbas uh, there, who's got his own story, but also one of the new acquisitions to the Perth Glory lineup. We wish him the best of luck with his football and also with his health as well. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Uh, the Wildcats are currently at halftime, are they? Uh, we'll bring you that score after the break. Of course, get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. Head to tickettech.com.au now and get your tickets for the next Perth Wildcats home game at RAC Arena. It's 26 past five. We've got another special story to share with you after the break.
3: This is The Drive Show,
0: with Peter Vlahos.
1: alright? Yeah, it's great to have your company. Of course, you can join us on the uh, Scarborough Toyota open line anytime, 13 12 55. They buy and sell, all make some models there at Scarborough Toyota in Osmond Park, or the Temperate Bedshed text line, 0487 736 736. Uh, Lisa's got on the uh, text line saying, Hi Pete, great interview with Johnny. He's an amazing young man and an inspiration to each and every one of us and wish him a happy and healthy life and a great season. She goes on to say, Don't understand why clubs continue to sign players up on lengthy contracts. Anything over four years is too long. They mean nothing. Look at Brody Grundy's situation, Lee. Really, that's a perfect example. Things could go pear shaped, players wanting to leave or clubs want to move them on. There's no loyalty anymore with clubs or players, and contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on. Lee, uh, I wholeheartedly agree. Thanks for joining us on the Temperate Bedshed. Text line 0487 736 736. Well, on Saturday night, I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, host the Olympic Kingsway Sports Club and, in particular, Football Club Presentation Night. Now, a man that's very well known to you, more so is probably the chief executive of the Perth Heat, he's also the president of the Olympic Kingsway Football and Sports Club, is Steve Nelkowski, and it was a great moment and what was a fantastic night at Crown as Olympics celebrated their elevation to the National Premier League uh, in the Football West competition, that is the top league after a 23-year absence, I saw in the crowd that Danny Hodgson was there. And, of course, we know about Danny's plight, still recovering from that life-changing, unprovoked one-punch attack. He was there because he's got a very strong connection with Olympic Kingsway Football Club. And Steve Nelkowski now joins us on the program. Steve, thanks for your time. Now, Petty, it was great to have you at the event on, uh, on, on Saturday and uh, lovely to chat. No, it was. It was a terrific event. And I know as the president of Olympic Kingsway, and we'll speak to about the Perth Heat because there's exciting things happening at the Perth Heat as well. Tell us how this uh, little initiative came together in relation to Olympic Kingsway trying to help out Danny Hodgson and the connection that he had with the club.
5: Yeah, well, Danny's very, very special to us. He he played for us in 2018, um, and in some ways, single-handedly won us uh, the, the Division Two Championship when he scored 23 goals in a uh, sensational season. We won that uh, the league that, that season undefeated, and and Danny was just quite phenomenal. Um, that that year, he touched everyone in the club with his uh, with. His, with a cheeky smile with you know, his wonderful attitude and the way he was able to connect with anyone that uh, was, was, at, was at the soccer club, um, and unfortunately he only played the one season for us, but um, he was just one of those players that left an incredible footprint um, on the green machine um, and then you know, like, like all of us when we heard the news about um, what happened in in the city um, you know that night we were um you know, we were heartbroken um, as, as a club we we never made any initial um donation to Danny and, and and his recovery um we wanted to wait and try and you know, develop something meaningful um and we came up with the goals for Danny program which we ran this this season um and that was uh, for any goal that was scored down one end of the uh, the football field we had uh, people donate um you know or pledge you know, donations and uh you know, we were able to raise just under $25,000 from that uh, this season, and uh, it was beautiful to present him with that uh, that cheque on, on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, it was very emotive, actually, uh, particularly when the first goal in this so-called fundraising initiative actually was scored, and the, the money started going into the bank. Can you tell us about that moment? I think it was against Mandurah.
5: Yeah, it was. It was first game of the season. <laughs> they were playing Mandurah at, 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 at home, and uh, it, was, it was an incredible contest. And then... It was settled really late with just a couple of minutes to go um and it was a former glory player tommy amflett who came on and and scored a beautiful goal and uh danny was in the crowd that day it was it was the first day we'd seen him you know back at the club uh, uh, after the attack and you know the whole team ran to the grandstand and uh you know really just pointed to danny and, and, and celebrated in front of him and it was it was just gorgeous there's no doubt danny had inspired that victory uh for us and and Helped our players over the line just push that a little bit more um in, in round one and then incredibly happened a couple of weeks later in round three again um same hand same story right. the last few minutes he 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 had an impact on us winning the title this year. there's no doubt about it. um his bravery and his his ability to get to the games and as we saw him over the course of the year improved step by step, you know not needing uh you know, assistance to walk up the, you know, the the few stairs in in in, in the covered seating, et cetera et cetera. Um, you know, it, it, it helped our players and, and um, it, it, we, we, throughout the whole club, whenever he was there, um, it certainly inspired us. It was beautiful having him there at all 11 games. Um, and it was great to score, you know, the 15 goals and, and raise the money to help uh, his recovery because, we you know, we see the images of when, he, you know, what it was like from, you know, initially and, and to where he is now. And he's made huge strides in that uh, improvement. But there's still so much that he needs to continue to uh, um, receive his treatment every day. And some of that funding he receives from uh, the government will end soon. So um, it was important that we could raise some funds to continue uh, his
1: support. Now, it was a terrific night. And that was certainly an added bonus to see Danny with his father and, of course, his partner there. And as you mentioned, a couple of times he made his way up uh, under his own head of steam to the stage, and it was just terrific. So well done, Steve. Uh, that was a, a nice touch. It was a very, very nice touch, a very personal touch, to what was a terrific night. As uh, we move on to the Perth Heat, and you've, you're a very busy man. You're also the CEO of the Perth Heat, and of course, last week uh, we announced that, or it was announced that Team Australia will take on the Heat. Tell us more. Yeah, this is a huge international series. Now,
5: um, we've we, we wanted to put this uh, series together for a couple of years, but have been uh, have been stalled because of uh, COVID and. Uh, the travel restrictions, so uh, it's it's to cooperate at the ballpark. It, uh, it's Team Australia. They're going to be uh, playing in their uh, their new jerseys, which features an in- Indigenous recognition symbol. Um, Perth will also play in Indigenous jerseys, uh, which have been designed by uh, Phil Wallistack here in Perth, and it'll be the pre-match entertainment. Um, we'd like this to become an an, an annual event. Um, but given Team Australia, you know, two weeks later we'll go go to Japan to play the uh, the World champions, uh, th- this this is a huge contest. Um, so it's a three-game series, a game on Friday night, two on the Saturday um, and, and looking at the way uh, ticket sales have gone in, in the first 72 hours we expect it to be yeah, quite an in- incredible occasion. So it's been years since Team Australia played here. We'll announce their roster probably later in the week um, It's fair to say it's probably as strong as we could have hoped for. Um, so you know, the best of the best are coming over um, a few days before the series commences, all our players from the Tampa Bay Rays will be arriving in Perth. Uh, Josh Reddick will be in Perth. So we're waiting to find out if he's going to uh, you know, swing, swing the bat in, in, in those three games, the World Series uh, champions. So uh, plenty going on. It's yeah, it's going to be beautiful to have Team Australia here at Empire Ballpark, three games. Two
1: weeks before the ABL season, um, yeah, it's the best start we could wish for. Yeah, you mentioned Josh Redick. Of course, he's a huge star attraction, World Series champion, and all that. So you're saying you should be able to announce shortly when he does arrive. You're probably just waiting with bated breath for him to come down.
5: Oh, look, I've got I've got his flight details. He's he's uh, he's coming that week, so <laughs> um, <laughs> we we'll be in Perth for the games. Uh, and look, like like. We, we expect he'll, he'll want to play some part in it. Uh, we, we, we've got to chat through that with him in the next week or so. Um, but, yeah, to get even just to stand in the batter's box and get your, uh, your eye in for some live pitching uh, makes sense. So, um, yeah, he'll touch down that week and we hope he puts on a, mm. a head jersey for the first time and just uh, you know, gets into the swing of it and you know, uh, helps him get through the jet lag, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, just find his feet in Australia. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep everyone updated as to... Um, yeah, what his plans are for that game, and yeah, we yeah we'd love to see him out there, but it's a decision that uh, naturally
1: uh, Josh will make with, with
5: uh, you know, the baseball ops department. And, uh, I reckon. You
1: know, I reckon you'll be, be able to twist his out. arm, Steve. I've seen you operate, mate. You'll be fine. You'll be able to do it. <laughs> now, Steve, after a couple of years of no league because of COVID and whatever, yeah. it, it's just going to be so exciting to see a bit of uh, action at the ballpark. And, of course, the ABL Week 1 for the Heat starts against the Adelaide Giants. Not too far away now, Friday the 11th of November, and I suppose preparations are well underway down there at the ballpark.
5: Oh, well, yeah, they've been escalated now with the announcement of Team Australia. So that's in three weeks. Then we play the Adelaide Giants two weeks later. So it's it's a huge month coming up now. Um, The Team Australia game or series will give us great preparation going into the Adelaide Giants. Series, um, you know, they're certainly one of the contenders for the Australian Baseball League. Claxton Shield this year, along with the Melbourne Aces, um, you know, both of those teams are in our division, so it's you know really important to get uh, you know wins on the board against the other teams that are in, are in your division. So, um, yeah, we're excited. We've got uh, you know five incredible players coming from the Tampa Bay Rays and some other imports. We'll announce um, over the next fortnight. So our roster's looking good. Um, our local players are training um, and. Uh, yeah, we're in the uh the mindset of a, winning a championship and adding to our fifteen Claxton Shields. So Fifteen Claxton um, yeah, Shields. 20, Unbelievable. Yeah, it's twenty two months since we played, Peter. It's quite quite incredible. Nearly game. two yeah, years. The last game we, yeah, the last game we played was that championship series lost to the Melbourne Aces in uh in Victoria back in uh February twenty twenty one. So it's, yeah it's been it's been a long time. Uh and yeah, you can, you can understand why the players are so excited to uh, to get back out.
1: No, it'll be fantastic. And it's a great ballpark down there at uh, Thornley. Uh, what's the naming rights to the ballpark these days, Steve? I didn't want to say what it was previously. I'm not sure if it's still the same no, name. No, no, it's
5: still Empire Ball. Oh, Empire still Empire ballpark. Ball. So, okay, fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Paul De Silva's uh, you know, recommitted to the heat again okay. and, uh, this season through Empire Capital Partners. They've, uh, they've been wonderful supporters over the last... Three years now, um, and, and continue that support even throughout COVID. So, uh, good stuff. Yeah, we're grateful for. Okay, for and as I let as I let you go,
1: partners. yeah, as I let you go, what is the format of the league this year, uh, Steve? Uh, it starts as we said in November the eleventh. Uh, what is the format for the whole campaign? Yeah, so it's back to a traditional
5: season now. The international teams uh, will be back in the competition. So the Koreans will be competing uh the New Zealanders through Auckland to Otara back in the in the league. So uh eight teams, six from Australia two two international teams. Um and then we we play the forty game uh season, for so ten rounds with four games uh in each series. So uh yeah, an exciting ten weeks and then the uh the playoffs first the uh the finals over three games and then the, the three game championship series.
1: Good stuff Steve. Thanks for joining us uh, again uh congratulations on your role as president of the Olympic Kingsway Sports Club, Football Club, and what you did on Saturday night. It was a really nice touch there with Danny Hodgson. And also, good luck, and we'll keep in touch uh, as the CEO of the Perth Eat. Exciting times ahead. Uh, Have a good night, mate, and thanks for your time. Cheers, Peter. It was uh, very exciting to have you at the Crown uh, <laughs> as well. On oh, no, I can I tell family. you, that, I was really happy to be there because it really was a special night. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Okay, Steve Nolkoski joining us on the program. It's been a bit of a different uh, drive with Peter Vlahos. Uh, a couple of great human interest stories uh, interspersed with all the sport as well. We're going to take a break and we'll come back and bring you up to date with everything else that's happened, uh, including just recapping that Luke Jackson now is wearing purple and conducted a press conference a bit earlier today. We'll retouch uh, on that, and also bring you a bit of a wash up on the game that was played here at Optus Stadium last night between Australia and England. Of course, the the T Twenty international. It's seventeen to six. Uh, the Wildcats, by the way, uh, are just blitzing the Cairns Taipans. Uh, four and a half minutes to go. Four and a half minutes to go in the third, and they lead by twenty one points, sixty nine to forty eight. And uh, they're well in control. It was 60 to 37 at half time. So they led by 23 at half time. And they lead by 21 now. So they've got the match very much in their keeping. Back with more in just a moment.
3: Zuma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years.
2: This is The Drive Show with Peter Flajos. Doing all right.
1: The Wildcats out by 24 with a couple of minutes remaining in the third quarter. So they're doing it just on the bit at the moment. Very easily. Uh, 74 to 50 up there in Cairns. Uh, just some other news. Uh, just a wash up on the cricket last night. 25,000 came along here at Optus Stadium to see Australia do battle with England. Uh, England batted first, made six for 208. Alex Hales, who was the man of the match, 84 or 51 balls. And then Australian Reply made nine for 200. Dave Warner batted well with 73 off 44. And a couple of West Australians also chipped in nicely. Mitchell Marsh, uh, 36 runs off 26. And Marcus Stoinis, who spoke uh, post-match, he made uh, 35 off only 15 balls. First of all, First of all, how's it? Was it the ankle, the Achilles?
0: I hit straight on the on the heel. It's actually all right. It just stung for a little bit. So yeah. Was there a moment where you thought, oh no? Like, i mm. just around the corner. No, and... no. Nah, nah, I knew it wasn't that bad, but it just had a bit of a stinger. So you need to get going. Make sure you're all right before you put a swing on one. Yeah. Your guys were so close tonight. It looked like you were on track there. In your eyes, how did you view the game and where you perhaps lost it? Great game of cricket. I think. Um, what a great game for Perth to have after so long without having a game. Um, and yeah, those those chases, a lot of things have to go right. Um, they played really well with the bat and then um, Woody bowled beautifully as well. He's bowling super quick. Um, so it's, it's hard because you only have a wicket or two and they're back in the game, sort of thing, so yeah.
5: You mentioned Perth. How does it feel playing in front of your home crowd?
0: Yeah, I love playing here. Um, just a bit more relaxed, go to the beach in the morning, you know, the Perth lifestyle, Perth sun, although it was a bit cold today, but um, nice crowd, beautiful stadium, so, yeah.
2: And what do you make of Nathan Ellis's game?
0: Yeah, he's, he's gone from strength to strength. Um, he's gonna play a lot of games for Australia, I think. He's a really smart T20 bowler. Um, he's got a few tricks, uses the facility as well. He knows what he's doing, so yeah, he's a good cricketer. You're a pretty good touch out there. Do you think you may be silencing critics? Um, What are the critics saying? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's just part of the game, I guess. Yeah, there's always critics, so. And how about uh, Mitch Marsh didn't bowl? Is uh, he—what's his fitness like at the moment? Um, He's still working up with his bowling and that sort of thing. The hard thing is he might be able to bowl, but he hasn't bowled enough in the nets and all that sort of stuff. So his body's going really well. and I guess we'll probably be sharing a bit of that workload between a few of us leading into the World Cup and just make sure we're all ready, I guess. And how about Agar? Was he available for selection? I don't think so, but I think he's tracking really well. I think um, he's back bowling, but half the thing with bowling, it's a difference between bowling the nets and being ready to bowl in the game instead in terms of, like, you need to have your craft ready. As you saw my first over went for 20-something. I'm glad didn't went for 36. but, yes, that's, that's part of bowling, especially spin bowling. You know has to get that feel and all that sort of stuff. So I think he's pretty much ready, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's going to play in one of these games soon. Marcus Stoinis uh, just post-match there after the Australians
1: were just beaten uh, by England last night by eight runs, uh, six for 208 England, and Australia making nine for 200 exactly. And, of course, uh, there is the second game that's due to be staged and uh, that'll be played, I think, is it tomorrow night? I think the second game between Australia and England. OK, we'll keep you up to date with that as well. Just some other news, uh, just on the Tempera Bedshed text line, Two Rocks has uh, sent a message through on 0487 736 736. Melbourne hearing that Jackson was out mid-season today. In other words, he'd made his commitment uh, midway through the year and they should bring back the old zoning. It seems too many want to go where they come from. Uh, clubs should all invest in their own academies and draft homegrown talent where possible. That's from uh, Two Rocks. And Norman Cal. hi, Norm. How are you going? Listening on 1611 says, G'day, Pete. What happened to Mr. Hagdorn? Did he get traded out in that big trade mega deal? Now, Haggers uh, will return. We're just uh, sort of uh, giving him a bit of a break and uh, then he'll come back into the fold uh, post the AFL season where he worked diligently and certainly was very busy indeed. Uh, Just before I go, just updating what happened in the UK, Mikel Arteta thanked the Arsenal fans for generating an atmosphere he has never witnessed before after his side claimed a seismic 3-2 win over Liverpool last night. It was a win for the Gunners. They stay top of the English Premier League and with 10 points from eight games so far this season... It's Liverpool's worst return at this stage of a Premier League campaign since 2012-2013 when they were nine points and in that season they ultimately finished seventh. Uh, also overnight, we saw Cristiano Ronaldo score his 700th goal in, of his career in Manchester United's 2-1 win at Everton. But he does well to win it back off a of Woby, and he's on the same
0: wavelength as his old Real Madrid teammate Ronaldo. And that is goal number 700 of his club career for
2: Manchester United's number seven.
1: So there you go, 700 goals finally came for Cristiano Ronaldo there at uh, Manchester United, away to Everton. Last night. The next match, by the way, in the T20 matches out of three between Australia and England is, in fact, Wednesday night at Manuka Oval, and we'll bring that to you here on the SENWA network. The big story is that Fremantle have sealed a trade for Melbourne ruckman Luke Jackson today, delivering the Demons a strong hand of AFL draft picks in that three-way deal with GWS and that will now allow Melbourne uh, to quickly move on securing Collingwood's two-time All-Australian Brodie Grundy as Jackson's replacement. Port Adelaide snared North Melbourne's Jason Horn Francis today, and Junior Rioli has ended up at Port Adelaide. So uh, some of the big deals were completed today. Brodie Grundy will be the next one, you'd have to think. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Jimmy. I'll be back again tomorrow from 5 all thanks to ToolMart, the complete tool centre. This has been Drive with Peter Vlahos here on the SENWA network. Have a good Monday night, everyone.